Hey, greetings from upstate New York. Welcome to the Pastor Duke podcast. Uh, I love doing this. Thank you for being part of my audience. Second time to be video. Uh, thank you, Nan, for the investment you made to upgrade me. <laughs> and I apologize for uh, um, what you got to look at here. What you see is what you get. But uh, sometimes you can communicate more than just your voice, but with your face and with your hands and all that. Oh, I just want to communicate the Word of God uh, to to you and help you to be stronger to understand the Word of God deeper. And today, I want to bring you to a lesson that's uh, very precious to my heart. I've probably taught this a dozen times over the years. It's uh, the Apostle Paul's final words. He is in a Roman prison, Mamertine prison, been able to visit uh, Rome, uh, actually walk by this these cells. We don't know which ones Paul was in, but I've been within just a matter of 30 feet, maybe 20 feet of, of where he wrote Second Timothy, and he's he's going to die in the morning. You think, oh man, this is gloomy. This, this dude's going to die. He's not that old, maybe 60, 65 years old, and he's he's well worn uh, for the sake of the gospel. And he's writing to Timothy. And you know, if anything that's recorded in the Word of God, it, it's the Word of God. It's important. But if you know you're going to die in the morning, if I knew this was going to be my last podcast ever. My last sermon ever, let me tell you, it would be well thought out. Well, not only was Paul well thought out here, he's being inspired by the Holy Spirit, writing to Timothy, young preacher, giving everything he's got, pouring it into Timothy's heart. And um, he's about to die. He's going to die in the morning. He said, I am now ready to be offered up. I'm in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse Six, I'm now ready to be offered up in the time of my departure at his hand. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I finished my course. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And so he's looking ahead. He's almost there. He's going to see Jesus. How cool is that? And so now he's got this final word of exhortation to Timothy, his son in the faith. He's given everything he's got. I think you can kind of catch the drama of the moment. It's dark, it's cold, it's dingy. He's writing by candlelight. He's almost blind. He can hardly see. <laughs> and yet the Spirit of God is still using him. It's not over till it's over, Yogi Berra said. That's not in the scriptures, but it would certainly fit. So now he he starts mentioning different people, and he names, I think, like 16 people in this, this chapter here as he's closing out. He's, he's naming, he's kind of going down memory lane, and he's pulling out very special people. I'm going to kind of tell you up front, there's three types of people that he brings into this conversation, into this letter, into this writing. He says, Demas oh, hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. This is somebody who really hurt him. Then he talks about Alexander the coppersmith who did me much evil. This is a guy who really hindered him. <laughs> it wasn't easy. Satan just is relentless. Always got somebody there to hinder, to hurt, to hurt, to pull you back. To so he mentions somebody that hurt him, somebody that hindered him, and then he goes on a roll here with a whole bunch of people who who helped him. Salute Priscilla and Aquila, and we'll, we'll, we'll zoom on in those. But there's categorically three types of people that were in his life. 
these are three types of people God allowed to be in his life. There are three types of people that I think God literally brought into his life. Now, you've got to remember God's purpose for Paul. God's purpose for Paul isn't just that he can travel around and tell other people about Jesus and build churches, and that's all great. That's what he did. He was very fruitful, very successful. But even more important than that, God loved Paul, and God wanted Paul to always continue to grow to be conformed to the image of his dear son. You look at the life of Jesus. He had those kind of people that hindered him, the kind of people that hurt him. Uh, don't you think the Judas betrayal kind of hurt at the human level a lot? Peter denying him in the most critical time of his need. I think that hurt Jesus a lot. He knew it was going to happen, told Peter it would happen. Peter argued with him. It won't happen. And, of course, it did happen. All his disciples uh, forsook him. It had to hurt at the human level. So Jesus had those same kind of people in his life, those that helped him, those that hurt him, those that hindered him. So the Apostle Paul focuses in, and he, he focuses in first on, on Demas, hath forsaken me. And Demas was a preacher boy. Uh, Demas was good friends with Timothy. They, they were buds. They went to Bible Institute together, if you please. Uh, Paul was their teacher. He was their mentor. They, they spent a lot of time together in and, and, and when Timothy uh, was, you know, learning how to do ministry, he looked at next to him, here's Demas learning how to do ministry. But somewhere along the way, Demas, uh, he quit. He quit God. He uh, didn't sign up for this. It was harder than he thought. He got disappointed. Somebody let him down. It ain't fair. He got a pouty and he left loving this present world. He wanted more money. He wasn't satisfied with the eternal promises that God made him and uh, quit. Not much is mentioned in Scripture about the quitters, just pretty much they quit, and uh, the rest is between them and God. And so, you know, the Apostle Paul brings this up, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And he also mentions here, he departed into Thessalonica, Crescens went to Galatia, he mentions others, and he says, only Luke is with me. Thank God for Luke. But people we pour into, people that we really care about deeply, people that we're engaging with on a regular basis can be those very people that ultimately really hurt us. Sometimes we get this idea that I'm serving God, and I have friends at church, and we serve in this ministry together. We serve in that ministry together. We kind of get this idea that, well, that's going to be forever. Well, we'll be forever together in heaven. But along this line, it doesn't always work that way. I've had people come alongside me and help in the church ministry for a year, two years, five years, and then something happens. They have a bad experience. They get discouraged. They, they fall away. They love this present evil world just like Demas. And so I guess the message here is why is Paul writing this? If, if I had these kind of people in my life, Timothy, guess what? You're going to have these kind of people in your life. And so we can't have false expectancies. So Demas has forsaken me. It crushed Paul. He poured so much into him. But you know, there, there's two kinds of people. I mean, we talked about three different types of people here, but they really break down into two types. There's a type of person who helps me, who kind of just draws me to Jesus. They just kind of bring Jesus to me. They're, they are there for me. I can trust them. Oh, man, thank you for uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Thank you for... Uh, Linus and Prudence and Claudia and all these beautiful people that helped him. Oh, such sweet memories. But first, he mentions Demas. These are the kind of people 
that kind of disappoint us, yeah, but in reality, they drive us to Jesus. I remember a personal experience. I'm a new Christian. I get involved in the bus ministry at the church. I'm the new kid on the block. I'm showing up so these guys, my older brothers in Christ, can teach me how to do this. So I show up on Saturday morning, 9 o'clock. Nobody else shows up. I'm ready to, uh, oh, they didn't show up. I'm leaving here. I'm out of... And then the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, hey, wait a minute. I'll be with you. You need me more than you need those guys. So I had the list. I, I knew I'd been on the bus route before. I knew where these kids lived. And so I went by myself. And I was so ready to, I was angry at those guys. They didn't show up. And I'm the new kid. Guys said, don't be angry with them. I started thinking maybe God had them providentially hindered to go away and not be there that day for me, where I had to lean on Jesus instead of lean on them. That's going to be very important. So instead of getting mad at the people that disappoint you, maybe God was overshadowing that. Maybe God's trying to even use their Demas for, I mean, that was bad what Demas did, but God was going to use that ultimately not to just draw Paul to Jesus, but to uh, maybe drive him to Jesus. Because you, you get a little upset with people that hurt you and let you down and you poured into and they disappointed you. And yet in the end, uh, I think we all have those kind of people in our lives. And I'm not going to let that be my excuse to stop serving Jesus because somebody else that I loved also sort of stopped serving Jesus, I'm not going to let them be my excuse. So he names those people, first of all, those that uh, hurt him. Then he drops down, and he mentions there also in that uh, the others that were no longer there. People jumped onto his bandwagon, oh, Paul, he's our man, and then uh, ministry maybe slowed down a little bit. He's, <laughs> he's in prison, you know, maybe we can get into something else. We don't have to stay here in Rome and go visit Paul in prison every day. Uh, they just, uh, they kind of gave up. And But Luke never gave up. Thank God for Luke. Uh, man, if God gives you a Luke that just a friend that sticks closer than a brother, just there to the end, uh, I'm not so sure we deserve a friend like that, but God gave Paul Luke, the physician who continued to tend to his uh, medical needs. And he could visit in the prison, things like that. But we think about the people in our lives. There will be those who hurt us. Then he talks about Alexander the coppersmith. Went back, uh, I think they were at Ephesus, the great goddess Diana. And uh, his trade, Alexander the coppersmith, made these little idols, you know. We could sell them. They're, they're worth maybe 10 bucks, and he sells them for like 50 bucks. It's like getting a... Uh, a, a soda at Yankee Stadium <laughs> it should be a dollar and they're charging you seven bucks. One of those types of deals. This guy's getting rich. Everybody's coming to the Temple of Diana uh, to worship and they, they pay whatever price they have to pay to get that little statue and make them feel good in their little pagan religion. Say their prayers to appease the wrath of these false gods, these demons. And here comes Paul preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it, God doesn't give it a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind and exposing those are false gods who hate you, that hinder, that hurt you and and despise you and i have the true and living god He's, you have to give your sons and daughters in appeasement of the wrath and offer up your own children in human sacrifice well our god the true god gave his son as a sacrifice for us and they're finding out that god of heaven is a god of love and in mass he, these people at ephesus are coming to christ and it's kind of hurting alexander the coppersmith's business and so purely on an economic level he hated paul you're take you're bad for my business and he hated him and 
and he attacked the apostle Paul. And I mean, it almost cost him his life. I mean, Paul was beaten and shipwrecked and whipped and imprisoned. And, um, so there were some tough times. This guy hindered me. Those guys hurt me. This guy hindered me. And Satan's relenting. There's always going to be people that, that, that hinder you. I remember in Bible college, I had a couple roommates that I don't know why they were at Bible college. They didn't have anything spiritual. I guess all the, their friends in the youth group or something went to Bible school. So they went to, and I, I don't know, but the, they, they didn't seem to have a love for God or respect for their roommates. And, you know, they'd use my deodorant, man. I was afraid they were used by toothbrush and they were driving me nuts. I sat under the covers at night thinking, man, it's, if it wouldn't be for Jesus, I'd kill this guy. It was like 11 o'clock at night i'm trying to sleep i'm working a job and working my way through school their parents are paying their way through school they go out and play tennis i'm at work at a restaurant getting stinky and dirty and and now it's cool of the night temperatures down a little bit and they're doing setups you know 27 uh, 28 uh, and i'm trying to sleep and this guy is driving me crazy and then i have a moment just before i killed him the holy spirit would grab hold of my heart and say hey you need me and they would kind of drive me into jesus I had people that hurt me. I had this, these guys that hindered me, but they drove me to Jesus too. I, I, I told uh, this one roommate in the morning, if it had been for Jesus, I'd have killed you last night. And he got the point and he stopped doing sit-ups in the middle of the night and all that business. So why do we get the idea that life's going to be really easy and we'll just have all this uh, Wonderful people come alongside us. Oh, Brother Duke, we're so proud of you. You're doing such a great job. God's really going to use you. And uh, well, thank God for some people like that. But you're going to have Alexander the coppersmith come, get in your way, and hinder you. I've had that as a pastor at planning board meetings with the town. <laughs> we're not asking for a variance. We're just we're just following the law. We're not asking for anything at all, but here's your rules and we followed them. And then somebody comes along and they complain and they lie about you. They can say anything in public. They got to stop the whole process, look into it, send the people out. And uh, I remember at the planning board meeting, I was lied about. You've done this, you've done that. And you're just the worst thing that ever happened to our neighborhood. You and that church of yours. And, uh, so the next night, the planning board sent four people out to look at what I had presented the night before. I'll never forget to look at the one lady's face. She goes, everything he said was a lie. I'm like, yeah, it was. But I didn't retaliate in public. I That's not our calling. But, you know, I was strengthened in that moment because Paul had those that hindered him. Why would I think that I, will, I won't have people that hinder me? Did Jesus have people that hindered him? Uh, yeah, he sure did. Well, that's the bad news. Those that hurt, those that hinder, now the part where Paul's really having fun, those people who helped him. And he, and he was talking still kind of concluding the negative time, the people that hurt him and first took him and all that business. And he said, notwithstanding, the, start, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. And by me, the preaching might be fully known, that by me the preaching may be fully known. You know what he's saying there? Jesus never left me. He never forsook me. I was never alone. When you have a sense of that, especially in the difficult moments when people are hurting you, when people are hindering you, and then because you're trying to do the right thing, because you do have a walk with Christ, because you're into this, you love the Lord, you're seeking him, and then you have that in the midst of that, that, that tough moment, that strong sense of his presence. 
That's what Paul said here. <laughs> he goes, it was okay. <laughs> Jesus was with me. And that's the most important part. And he continues here, and he talks about salute Priscilla and Aquila. They were at the top of this list. He gave a whole long list of people that blessed him and helped him. Uh, as he closed out the book of Romans, he's closing out his life now, and he thinks of Priscilla and Aquila, the household of Onesiphorus, Erastus, that abode in Corinth, uh, but Trophimus have I left at my lead him sick. Trophimus was that guy that just a details guy. He was the errand guy. He wasn't the guy that was going to bring the devotion, going to preach the sermon. He's the guy that's going to fill the car up with gas and make sure the tire pressure is there, make sure that all the supplies you need for the conference are all set and boxed up and ready to go. Tychicus was that detailed guy. Trophimus, I mean, is that detailed guy. And then also he talks about Trophimus, if I left it, my lead him sick. Here's a guy that was part of the team, kind of a details guy, and um, he got sick. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Along Paul's journey, God had given him the gift of healing. There's a lot of people. Paul laid his hands on them. And they were really sick, ready to die, and they didn't die. And so there's a lot of records of Paul healing people. Here's one of his team members didn't get healed. God didn't heal everybody all the time, but it was always for the furtherance of the gospel. So it's just an interesting thing of side note. He was sick and he had to leave the team because of sickness, but he was dear to the apostle Paul. And uh, he says, do thy diligence come before winter. Uh, Eubulus, Greedithi, Prudence, Linus, Claudia, and all the brethren, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be to you. Amen. Paul's last words. Those that hindered him, those that hurt him. Praise God for those that helped him. Man, I could go on forever and ever, those that helped me. Immediately, as I come into Cook Road Baptist Church, my Sunday school teacher, Jack Carr, just he and his wife, Marilyn, Marilyn, hello, I bet you're watching this all these years later. They, uh, they brought me into their family. They fed me, spent a lot of nights at their house, slept in their barn, woke up in their field with their cows <laughs> nibbling close to my nose. Uh, lots of great memories. But they just took me in, and he, Jack's the one that kind of showed me how to be a Christian husband, how to be a, a Christian father, and uh, just pouring into me. They were just yeah, in maybe their mid-late 20s themselves. I'm like 18, 19 years old. And at the human level, I had to think, man, where would I have been had it not been for Jack and Marilyn Carr. Jack's in heaven, wait till you meet him sometime. Guy's hands are like this long. He'd prep, hold my, shake my hand, it would wrap around about three times. Just great memories. There were so many. My pastor took me in, became more of a father to me than he was a pastor, just my mentor, my pastor. And uh, he loved me enough to put, and so did Jack. They put their arm around me and say, uh, Duke, we kind of noticed uh, you, you're kind of messing up a little bit here. And they loved me enough to kind of uh, correct me. Boy, that doesn't fly so well in today's world, but uh, it's all part of how God sets up discipleship and growing disciples. And sometimes uh, I've had people come put their arm around me and, boy, and, and speak to me. I knew they loved me. There was another gal in my life, Mrs. Hager, my first Christian friend, Mark Hager, his mom. She was a single mom raising three boys, no support, and she was just so tired uh, working so hard overtime just to provide, and that she did. When my own mother wasn't a Christian, my own mother wasn't able to understand spiritually what was going on in my heart, Mrs. Hager 
put her arm around me, and I was going through such hard times. My girlfriend broke up with me, and I'm so broke. I'm so broken. I'm so sad. And she'd whisper in my ear, Duke, God is bigger than this. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't make mistakes. You just do the next right thing. Don't you have a big pity party? Don't you quit Jesus because somebody else is being stupid? Don't you be stupid? And, man, I look back at the human level and say, what if it had to been for Mrs. Hager or Jack and Marilyn Carr or Pastor Standridge? And there are so many people who've come along in my life that I look back and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I didn't have a way to get to Bible college, and a guy in the church, Rick, uh, said, I'll take you. It's only 14 hours each way. And he drove me to Bible college and dropped me off and, and drove home. You know, just that 28-hour ride. So thank God for people that are willing to help you. So I'm, I'm kind of watching this chapter. What are, you, what are you trying to teach, Timothy? Paul's Timothy's father in the faith. Uh, Paul is to Timothy like Jack was to me in Maryland and like Mrs. Hager was to me, like Pastor Standridge was to me. What are you trying to teach him? Well, the immediacy is is obvious. Hey, Timothy, uh, I had some uh, bad experiences along the way, but the Lord was with me. Hey, Timothy, guess what? You're going to have people that uh, hurt you. What are you going to do? You're going to quit God? Because somebody else quits God, you're bigger than that. Come on, man. God let them be in my life. I was tested. They're going to be in your life. You're going to be tested. Grow up, son. Take it in stride. Those that hinder you, they just relentless. They won't give up. And it's wrong. Why are they doing this to me? I didn't sign up for this. That's part of the calling. Just remember, greater is he that is in you, Timothy, than he that is in the world. Hey, Timothy, when uh, it feels like everybody's against you, feels like you're the only one still standing, (laughs) Jesus is with you, Timothy. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And then uh, as he's counting those blessed people in his life, Timothy, I know, is thinking, Paul, that's what you are to me. You're my mentor. You're my father in the faith. And he's kind of making all those. And there's there's some emotion here from Paul to Timothy. Let me tell you, when Timothy's reading this, by the time Timothy is reading this, he knows Paul's already dead. He dies the next morning after he reads this. And it was, uh, history tells us it was a decapitation. It was ugly. But Paul is not the least bit discouraged. He's not the least bit down. He's rejoicing in the Lord. I'm going to see Jesus so soon. And Timothy, take the mantle I gave you. I've given you the baton. I've, I've passed this gospel light to you. And that was my time. And it, now it's your time. And you'll be the old guy someday. And I, and I back off and I see this beautiful love, pastoral ministry, older brother, younger brother, old preacher, younger. I see this beautiful love letter from God, from Paul to Timothy. And then I think, wow, all that's so beautiful. And then I think I really get it. I think Paul's saying, hey, Timothy, these were the people in my life. But I think the bigger question is this. Who are we in the lives of others? I don't want to be one who hurts people. Now, if I preach the gospel to somebody 
and let, let them know that they're sinful and their sin has separated them from God. And if they don't get saved, uh, they're going to go to hell. If that angers people and that hurts them, I, I, it's okay because I'm salt and I'm light. I'll, I'll share the hard truth with people. But I don't want to hurt people because I was angry, because I was selfish, because I, I sinned against them. I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to be anyone who hurts somebody. I don't want to be somebody who hinders people. I'd like to hinder people from going to hell and help them to go to heaven. But if somebody, uh, brother, sister, along the way uh, is trying to serve God and grow, I don't want to hinder them. I don't want to give them false expectations. I don't want to make a promise to them that I don't keep. Uh, I, I don't want to be somebody who hurts. I don't want to be somebody who hinders. I really do. I really do want to be somebody who helps. Uh, I think maybe that's why we do podcasting. Uh, it's crazy. COVID locked me down. I, I travel around the country and write down everywhere I was and how many people I ministered to. And at the end of the year, maybe 20, 25,000 people. That was on a big year. And then COVID hit, shut me down, stayed home, saved lives, I was told. We hunkered down, gloved up, masked up, all the stuff that everybody did back in those times. And uh, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And then my friend John Westfall, have you visited, according to John in any podcast venue? Uh, I'm his co-host. And I remember Johnny saying, Duke, you need to podcast. <laughs> I am like technologically impotent, man. I, 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 I'm desperate. But God put John at my side, somebody who helped me. Uh, with all the electronics and equipment, show me how to run the podcasting thing. And I don't do the, he does the editing for me. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> I give him some messed up stuff to work with sometimes, but I'm actually in his office now uh, in his cubicle. I'm using his equipment. And so, you know, Johnny is to me like those that help me. And boy, I, I hope uh, Pastor John can look at me and say, boy, Duke's my buddy. He's my friend. He helps me. See how God set this all up kind of a dependence mostly on Jesus, but then Jesus shows up in the likes of beautiful people who come alongside of us and help us, help us to grow in faith. Sometimes just help us with, uh, that, you know, maybe mow my yard when I'm, uh, <laughs> having a kidney stone stent and I can't do anything for myself. And God sends somebody over to mow my yard. God sends somebody over to plant my potatoes. <laughs> Thank you, Larry DeNovo. It's kind of neat to be in the family of God, isn't it? And so don't think you won't have problems. That's the enemy. That's the enemy lying to you. Jesus said in this world, you have tribulation, but we can be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. He said, all will live God in Christ Jesus. We'll suffer persecution. We're going to have Demas forsaken us. We're going to have Alexander, the coppersmith that, that hinder us. But thank God, we're going to have Linus and Claudia and Prudence and Priscilla and Quilla and Mark and Linda and Mrs. Hager and Jack and Marilyn Cars. God's going to give you those special people in your life. But even more important than that, he wants to make you to be one of those special people in the lives of other people. What an amazing book, isn't it? Just remind you, Jesus loves you. So do I. Thanks for tuning in. Please pray that you will uh, share uh, these uh, podcasts with your friends. 
help me to get the gospel out to the ends of the earth. So thanks a lot. Let me share uh, this precious part of God's word with you. Hope it's a blessing. Pass it on. Bye-bye for now.